0: The following podcast is a part of Radiomisfits.com.
1: Hey Keith, did you see in the Falcon Heavy launch this week, your buddy Elon Musk put a Tesla Roadster onto the rocket. There's a rocket with a Tesla on it headed towards Mars right now.
0: Yeah, everybody thinks it's great. You know, all these pictures of, you know, the, the roadster with the earth in the background and Starman with one hand uh, on the window and the other hand on the windshield and the don't panic thing on the on the display. Everybody thinks it's great now, but 300 years from now, the car's going to become sentient and come back as Tesla and want to join with its
1: creator. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek
0: Cattergeek with Keith Conrad and Elliot Serrato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. V-O-I-A-G-E-R Voyager. Voyager City. Geek counter, geek number one twelve. I'm Keith Conrad at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Joined as always by uh, Elliot Serrano at Elliot Serrano on Twitter. And uh, you know, th- we were bombarded with uh, with trailers because of the uh, the big sports ball super game. And uh, I know, you know, Westworld had one,
1: but I didn't feel like we learned a whole lot from that one. The only thing of note that I needed to know was that. Westworld was coming back in April. I mean, come on. I had no idea. I mean, it, I, I, was there uh, was there buzz going around the Internet, like, you know, teasing that Westworld was coming back? Because all I know is I keep hearing how Game of Thrones is not coming back, you know, within this century, possibly. <laughs> so,
0: well, I remember when it, uh, you know, when it first aired and they burned through all the episodes, uh, you know, it was like. Oh, my God, it's not coming back until spring of 2018. That's so ridiculous. And then uh, we learned that, you know, it was going to be like, you know, 2019 before Game of Thrones came back. Suddenly, you know, spring of 2018 didn't sound
1: so bad. And I and I have to wait till 2020 for the next uh, Indiana Jones movie. So, hey, and there was that whole bit. I mean, of course, there were. Um, there was teasing that the next West world was going to have sort of like a samurai theme, but I have this feeling that the, um, you know, Jonathan Nolan and, and, and crew, you know, and this, and they're going to like dispense of the whole theme park fantasy aspect and just take it in a whole new direction, which, um, which, um, I think is, uh, going to make it really interesting. All I know is I was giddy when I saw that because, um, Right now, there's there are plenty of shows out there that I'm finally getting into. They're finally writing good, smart television.
0: Yeah, and uh, Star Trek Discovery is is wrapping up uh, this this weekend, uh, at least for the for the first season. And uh, you know, I, th- they did say that uh, the Klingon War arc is going to end with this season. So um, I, don't, I don't know if the like the finale is going to be two hours or what. It seems like they've got a lot of loose ends that they have to figure out.
1: Yeah, um, I, I will say it was um, a somewhat of a, a um, Maybe I should have seen it coming, but I didn't uh, it was, But it was a nice little bookend to how the season has started um, You know, spoiler for folks who, have, who are not caught up on a uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is a shame because for all the naysayers that are you know complaining about the show, I'm going to say it again: it's it's a really good show. <clears throat> um, yeah, Michelle Yeoh ends on the uh, the bridge of a ca- as a captain of the of the ship. So many people were. I, mean, I remember I was incredibly angry with uh, how her character was kind of written out after the first uh, two episodes. Um, I was, you know, come on, this is Michelle Yo. How, how 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 does she get, you know, dispatched so easily and so on and so forth and boy did they make up for it <laughs> with uh, this new incarnation of her character. Yeah,
0: if you didn't think
1: her uh, if you didn't think she was
0: badass enough in in the fight scenes at the beginning of the season, uh, she makes up for it now.
1: Oh, way more than makes up for it. So I, I was very pleased by that. And, um, you know, you could pretty much call a Star Trek Discovery, uh, Star Trek Discovery season one or uh, how women won the Klingon war. So it seems to be. Yeah. You know. uh, wi- women and uh, and whatever,
0: whatever Saru is, because, you know, I, I suppose he's male, but they never never actually said it.
1: Oh my goodness and and I will say in the beginning that character kind of annoyed me which is um which was you know I it was a disservice to you know Doug Jones is a really good actor I mean he really gets um you just know him so much for being the guy who does the, 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 the weird alien costumes. I mean, if you've ever met him in person, he is a tall guy. He's very lanky, um, a very genuine, nice guy. And, um, you know, but he, he I mean, of course, he's getting lots of um, accolades for um, his character in the, the Shape of Water. You know, the Guillermo del Toro uh, movie. Uh, he played uh, Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies. So it's kind of nice to see Doug Jones getting, you know, well, one, a lot of work, but recognition. And um, the character of Saru really came around, you know, by the end of the season. I was really, I really, really liked that character. So, um, again, kudos, you know, to the writing and, and, and the production all around for this show. You know, hey, it's really it, – this has probably been some of the most uh, – at least for a first season of a show, Star Trek Discovery found itself real quick, unlike shows like Enterprise and and Voyager and even uh, Next Gen, which took, it, took its time. Yeah, I'm not sure how they did that. I mean, maybe they just learned from all the other
0: uh, incarnations of Star Trek. But, but yeah, like every series it's taken uh, at least, you know, heck, the next generation. It, w- it wasn't until – you know like the third or fourth season that they really hit their stride but you know a- every series has taken a while to really kind of find itself and they just sort of you know dropped you right into it and you know they they were good to go from the beginning
1: i mean yes you can talk about you know plot issues or continuity problems but to me what 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 mattered the most about discovery was that it was it was characters that I liked characters that I cared about yeah. you know I just you know I, I didn't get that you know it took me a while to really care about the next gen cast you know they were all very stiff and you know that, that sense of camaraderie and all that that would uh, you know ultimately personify that crew wouldn't come like you said yes until like season two and a half three and then things would just come together after that you know everyone seemed to loosen up and be comfortable and they're in their own skin and next thing you know the writers are telling stories that you really enjoyed with again characters that you felt invested in and they did that very much with um with um uh, discovery and uh, and to me i mean yeah maybe the fact that michael burnham is sarek's you know adopted daughter is really like shoehorning her in to the canon of star trek but You know, the more you look at it, you're like, okay, you kind of that it kind of makes sense, because if you want this to feel like a Star Trek show, you need it to have part of that lineage. You know, you need to have like the bloodline of a classic Star Trek character, you know, thematically, at least running through this show. Otherwise, again, you're not even you know, you're like, eh, who knows? I I did like how they uh, they make the uh, reference to Captain Archer. You know? Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was good.
0: And um, uh, also, you know, in Saru's speech, I, I think that may have been like, you know, the, the, the best, you know, Star Trek speech um, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time.
1: Oh, yeah, the bit about how the Discovery is finally making its maiden voyage. Yeah, yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, no. No, you're right. That was great. I was like, wow, this is wow, yeah. So, you know, kudos. I mean, I know there were a lot of rough starts and stops, and I know that there are a lot of Star Trek fans that aren't happy with it. Hey, you know what? I I respect that. I respect that there are some Star Trek fans who probably aren't too cool on it, and they feel it's kind of shoehorning things. I know how you feel. I, too— Saw The Last Jedi. And I'm saying the <laughs> same things. <laughs> well, that,
0: that, that reminds me, um, you know, they had the, the AARP Movie Awards, which is apparently a thing now. And, uh, and um, uh, Mark Hamill was, uh, was being interviewed uh, out, you know, on, on the red carpet, and he said something about, you know, Star Wars fans are the only group of people where before the movie comes out, they're saying, if this happens, I'm out
1: well i did have my if luke dies uh i riot shirt and um and i did all by myself yeah you know yeah apparently uh,
0: apparently they ryan johnson was not too uh not too uh too intimidated by that uh speaking of uh speaking of star wars uh these the solo trailer was another thing that um that uh debuted with the super bowl and i mean we're only you know how many months i mean it comes out in may so we're only you know 3 months away and that was the first trailer like that was that was the first footage anybody saw of the movie so that's pretty amazing by itself um i i get the sense from watching the trailer that if this movie ends up not doing well it's going to end up being a situation where it's probably a really good story but it was ill-advised to make it han solo you know like if it had been rogue one where it's just a whole bunch of new characters it probably would have done really well but because of the fact that we've decided that this is han solo's origin story everybody's going to be just looking at it a lot more harshly and you know i i think i think that may end up being a problem for it
1: well you know it's um I mean, I, I saw I saw the trailer. It, it's funny because, um, uh, of course, on social media, the Star Wars nerds were all over it, and they were saying that, that very thing. The movie's out in May. We haven't gotten a trailer yet. They don't even have a Super Bowl spot. Why don't we get a trailer during the Super Bowl? Then you got a 30-second tr- teaser at the Super Bowl so that they could, in turn, promote that the full trailer was going to debut on good morning America the following day Mm -hmm. for those who are wondering why, why good morning America, because good morning America is ABC's flagship morning show and who owns ABC
0: Disney. They own, they own ABC and your childhood.
1: Everything. And they just keep strip mining it. So, um, so it looked it looked okay. I mean, eh, I don't know. I see. I, I watched that trailer, and um, seeing you know a young Han Solo, it's kind of neat. Except I remember the actual young Han Solo. I mean, I remember young Harrison Ford. Um, right, because this I, isn't you know this isn't like the
0: young Indiana Jones Chronicles mm-hmm. at the beginning where he's traveling the world with uh, with uh, with dear old dad. I this isn't actually supposed to be that much earlier than um, than a new hope. It's only, you know, you know, it's probably actually about the same time as Star Wars Rebels, if, you know, maybe a little bit earlier than that, but not by much.
1: I mean, maybe I'm I'm getting it wrong. I mean, because it's supposed to be. Let's see, he flunks out of the Imperial Academy for Star Wars nerds will know that Han Solo would have gone into the Academy and become a pilot for the empire, if not for his roguish Corellian ways. Right. Um, And um, so guessing, let's say on the, on, on the non canonical timeline, Han Solo is actually closer to 30 when we meet him in a new hope. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And this this uh, Han Solo that we're seeing in the Solo movie is like nineteen twenty, you know. Yeah, so so it's a little bit uh, before like,
0: Rebels, but but I mean it, it's certainly the ballpark,
1: right? So you know, yeah, you're right. So it was around that time, and the first time we meet the see the Millennium Falcon, which is surprisingly clean you know what i
0: i have a feeling that uh that that's going to be a uh a subplot in this movie that uh you know that that uh lando calrissian owns the uh owns the falcon and uh that he's like you know i i don't know maybe, maybe it's brand new maybe it isn't but he's like obsessive with how clean this thing has to be and uh, han's kind of a slob and so that's that's what ends up that's how the the falcon ends up looking the way
1: it does 10 years later so, so Lando is Felix Unger while um Hansel is Oscar Madison. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. That, that was the first thing I thought of when you saw those like pristine white halls in the in the, uh, in, the um, in the Falcon. Is yeah, I'll bet that that comes up like it's just peppered throughout the movie that uh, you know Han is being a slob and, and you know Lando is obsessed with the with the Falcon being as clean as it possibly can be.
1: Well, but reportedly, the Falcon itself appears in Attack of the Clones. Um, there, there's a scene where when um, Anakin and Padme are going to get on that, that passenger ship or that freighter ship with all these refugees, and they're like going to, they're trying to, you know, smuggle the princess back to Naboo, which is, why would you take her back to her home planet? I don't know. Um and they're all the, we had a, we're at the spaceport. We see all these ships coming and going, and like if you look at the bottom right-hand corner, you see a, uh, a YT-800 freighter fly in, which Lucas says was it was the actual Millennium Falcon, mind you, not in uh, Lando's possession, but in its previous pilot in its previous owner's possession. So I, I always I ask Matt Martin of a Lucasfilm, how old actually is the Millennium? Falcon. I mean, how long has this ship been around? Because um I know there's a they even wrote a book about it, um, called Millennium Falcon about when the ship was first built. Very clever and, title. Um, yeah, uh huh. And I'm like, but how again how because these ships apparently Yeah, you know, I guess they live forever. I mean, or they run forever in space? I mean I guess it's not without precedent. I mean the space shuttle flew for how long? Thirty years. You know. Thirty years. And but you know battleships like you know nuclear subs and nuclear um, oh, um, nuclear mean, battleships the uh,
0: the USS Iowa USS Iowa they actually the you know all of the Iowa class battleships they were commissioned in World right at the end of World War II and they weren't decommissioned until the mid nineties you know they so, they were kind of they were used on and off but but they were actually yeah. in service until the mid nineties
1: so it's not unheard of for a ship to be used for. Decades, you know, and decades, you know, to the point where you're like, "Oh my God, this thing, you know, wow! Well, all right, so uh, uh, maybe, maybe that answer will finally be provided. I'll finally learn how old the Millennium Falcon is." uh yeah.
0: If uh, it, you know, at any rate, even if uh, wh- whether we do or not, it certainly looks a lot better uh, now in in the solo movie. Uh, than it did in, you know, pretty much any other time we've seen it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think it looks a little too beat up in The Phantom. I mean, sorry, The Force Awakens. I mean, it's like they really went to town on that thing, especially if the thing's just been sitting in the junkyard for how long? Oh you Well, know. you
0: don't know how long it's been sitting in the junkyard. It may have, uh, it may have been on quite a few adventures and uh, flown through a few uh, asteroid fields during, uh, during the intervening years.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. But uh, the the trailer itself looks okay. Um, although, really funny thing that occurred, um, my buddies at Low Carb Comedy made an observation. They took this solo trailer and they overlaid the audio from the first Star Trek the the uh, Star Trek. That that that. Uh, the new one, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Oh, the, the reboot from 2009? So, so, 2009. They took the solo audio and overlaid it over the trailer to the first Star Trek. And it's amazing how they, <laughs> it syncs up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet that was intentional. That was, uh, you know, that was sort of their uh, you know
1: their Pink Floyd moment. They were, they were trying to make that happen. It's like when you play uh, Dark Side of the Moon backwards over the Wizard of Oz, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could I can definitely see that.
0: Uh well, you know, it is, you know, JJ J. Abrams, I'm sure a lot of the same editors and everything were working on it. So it it kind of, you know, it makes sense they'd they'd look a little bit alike. You know, like the uh um what is it? The big round uh monster thing that's chasing them in the Force Awakens, you know, throughout uh Han's other ship. Yeah. That totally, looks like, J- okay. yeah, that, totally mm-hmm. looks like a J. Yeah, that it totally looks like a JJ Abrams sort of monster.
1: Oh, yeah. And as he admitted, an homage to Raiders. Right. Yeah. Because you had to to have um, Harrison Ford running. Mind you, he just broke the guy's like knee or smashed his ankle or something just months before. Why are you making the poor guy run? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that might have actually been. Well, no, I I think that happened pretty early in production. So, yeah, it couldn't have been couldn't have been, you know, before that happened.
1: Yeah because he said um, it happened like during the first week of production that's yeah. why i remember they had to, they had to redo everything so anyway um but yeah it, it, it we'll see uh the the the, the word is, is that you know disney doesn't have tremendous expectations for solo um it's coming out just a couple weeks after avengers infinity war comes out Uh you know so avengers infinity war comes out the beginning of may solo comes out the end of may yeah by the way infinity war comes out may the
0: 4th and uh and uh solo comes out at the end of may shouldn't they have flipped that so that
1: solo comes out on may 4th (laughs) you would have thought but and this is where this the star wars nerd tradition because Star Wars movies traditionally always came out around the um, the third week of May. That's when the first Star Wars came out, the very first one.
0: So yeah, until J.J. Yeah. Abrams, you know, he he, start, he started taking too long, so they had to move it to December.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I don't blame him, and it, I mean, it ended up it ended up paying off because now. Whenever a Star Wars movie comes out around Christmas, it 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 makes gangbusters. So this, which is why now I'm I'm I don't understand why they didn't just move Solo back to December. You just keep it going.
0: You know, I have a feeling that was totally driven by optics because you know uh, with all the with all the stuff that had happened, you know, with the with the directors and everything, and and you know the rumors that Disney isn't happy with it, and then suddenly you move it to December. You know that that's just no matter even if literally you're doing it just because you've now decided that every star Wars movie is going to be released in, um, in, uh, December, that's going to be portrayed as
1: bad news for the movie. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, but the movie sucks or, well, I don't know. I, I, I have faith. It's probably going to be a pretty good movie. It's, it's gonna be decent. It's got to be better than Rogue One. I'm sorry. I, I, I just <laughs> not. I, I mean, I, I hate being that guy. I have all my friends, you know, who love Rogue One and talk about how great it is. And, I, and again, hey, if you like those movies, more power to you. I'm very happy for you. Nothing pains me more. With not liking a Star Wars movie, it just it nothing pains me more. And yet, unfortunately, the last two have really let me down. You know, so hopefully Solo makes up for it.
0: Well, you know, only takes one to turn it around, Elliot. That's that's what I, I will yeah. say. So so uh, all right now. Obviously, you were not a huge fan of Rogue One, but generally, it it mm-hmm. was it you know critics liked it, fans tended you know seem seem to be you know mostly positive on it uh so let's say that uh, that solo just does horrible uh, you know it's probably going to make money no matter what but that it you know it, it's almost universally just just people people think it's terrible do you think that would dissuade them from uh from uh, making a Kenobi movie because you know the the one movie that they where they introduced all new characters that did great, but Solo doesn't do so well. Do they go? Huh, you know what? Maybe we'll stick with new characters instead of bringing back Kenobi.
1: Oh well, that'll piss off a lot of folks because that's all I keep hearing about. And anyway, when you've got you and McGregor out there saying he would love to do a new Kenobi movie. Just let him do a new Kenobi movie, please. Let me do a Kenobi movie, and you have Mace, uh, you have, uh, Samuel L. Jackson out there going, "I want a Mace Windu movie." You know that's what's going to happen. You have Mace Windu show up on Tatooine to meet Obi Wan. You're going you to say he just killed two two Jedi, one one lightsaber. <laughs> oh, I can see that. Now uh so so the
0: executive producers of Game of Thrones, now they're gonna be making uh their own Star Wars movies, which is gonna be separate from the Star Wars saga uh the, the Skywalker saga, which uh so is Ryan Johnson's other trilogy. So I wonder if uh now they haven't said specifically that the that this new set of movies is gonna be a trilogy, but I wonder if that's the Kenobi movie.
1: Could be. I mean uh they're running i mean uh, to me I'm, I'm sorry but they're running they're running the risk of of overdoing star wars i mean th- i mean I, I, and I've, I've heard other star wars fans say this what made star wars special was that you know you got it every couple years, two years, two and a half years three years, the original Star Wars movies were like that Uh and um, but now it's like you're getting, you're gonna they're gonna do to Star Wars kind of what Marvel is doing with the um, the cinematic universe films, like you're getting like two you get two Marvel superhero movies a year and I'm wondering if that's what they want to do. They're going to end up doing with Star Wars, hitting you with like two Star Wars related films a year. Yeah,
0: but I don't. I don't think anybody's looking at Marvel and saying, you know, boy, you know, they need to cut back on all the all the movies because, like, they're they're different storylines. You know, like one year a, a Guardians of the Galaxy movie comes out, and then it's you know Infinity Wars, and and then you know it, it's a. You know, it's obviously the same universe and everything, but they are they are telling different stories in that. And and if if Star Wars is doing the same thing, which which they are, you know, certainly right now with the the Skywalker saga and then the standalone movies, if the if the Ryan Johnson trilogy and this new set of films, if they're dealing with different stories, then I, I don't think that we'd really run much of a risk of that because again it's it's different stories it's it's the same universe there might be people with lightsabers and all of them but it's a it's a different uh you know it's a different
1: uh, different story true um but then <clears throat> here's the thing how many times can you afford to you know get the kids in the car and um, and pay for buckets of popcorn and, and and pay the the opening night prices and stuff because you know it's it's this you know it's like they keep going back to that same till over and over and over again like have, have you seen every Marvel Cinematic movie every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? I have not see so it's getting to the point where some folks are going yeah you know I think I'm gonna skip that one. You know, Ant Man. Eh, I don't care so much about Ant Man. I'm not going to watch that one. Funny you should say that. So, That's one of them I haven't seen to see, this day. So yeah, and it was just too bad because it's kind of it's a fun film. Is it? Is it on the same level as let's say, a say Captain America movie? No. It's still a fun film, but it's 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 getting to the point where it's like I think they, they it they're on the cusp of overdoing it because what are we getting this year? Okay, so we're we getting. Infinity War. First, we're getting Black Panther. Then we're getting Infinity War, and I think we're getting another Marvel movie this year. I can't remember which one.
0: Or well, it, I, I, I will say, say it's say, X th- Men, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to your point, I will say I would, um, if I were Disney, I would. Um, I, I think I would abandon any thoughts of a TV series. I think I would stick with just movies.
1: Ah, but no, didn't they? I think they. Um, you talk about for star wars right yeah be, because that, then i think if you're
0: actually dealing with a movie coming out every year while at the same time series are running i i think that's definitely getting in into too much territory i mean that that's what happened with me and uh, and 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 marvel is actually you know when i was watching agents of shield that was enough marvel for me so that's why i missed ant-man and i you know i just never never caught up with it um so I think, yeah, I think that might be an issue. So maybe they should just stick to movies.
1: Well, I have a feeling that when the new Disney app comes out, the new Disney streaming service comes out, you are going to have a Star Wars television series on there. They're going to be like using that to drive people to the app, to the service.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is Disney, and I, I could, I could definitely see that. So. You know, yeah, you know, Marvel's doing it with Netflix. So that is true.
1: Yeah, man. There is a lot of Marvel stuff out there, isn't there? A ton of Marvel stuff. You can't keep up with all of it. I still haven't finished the Defenders. I, got, I haven't even started the Defenders. Yeah, I just I wasn't crazy about it for a while. I, it, I, I had to suffer through like the first two episodes. It doesn't really pick up until the third. And then <clears throat> I couldn't finish Iron Fist. I've yet yeah. to watch the Punisher. The one that everyone says they love. Yeah, so. I, I like I like the Punisher.
0: Uh, Iron Fist, not so much.
1: Yeah, too whiny. So,
0: well, we'll see. But uh, by the way, uh, speaking of TV, um, uh, it turns out that uh, you know th- this hadn't really really come up because it's not something that you necessarily think of as a sci-fi show. But it turns out we're both huge fans of The Good Place.
1: You know. I've been sick, mind you. I've I've had this persistent cough. If you've been listening to this uh, podcast uh, for the past few weeks, you will notice that there's a certain quality to my vocals. And every once in a while, um, I suddenly drop out or whatever. It's because I've had to hit the mute button (laughs) for my coughing. (laughs) But anyway, um, so this last round of being sick, I binge watched the two season of The Good Place because um, all my um, comedian friends, all my stand-up comedian friends enjoyed it and they were talking about how funny it is. So I thought I'd watch it. I mean, I'm a Kristen Bell fan. hmm Oh, who it? Te- yeah, and a Ted Danson fan. So um, I started watching it and um, um, I, it, for those who are not familiar with the premise uh it's um well it's it's actually i mean first of all we should point out it's an evolving premise it's very yes but i don't want to give it away that's the thing so if you haven't watched the good place yet because here's the thing i mean you you you've, you you might have heard the premise and went oh that's like albert brooks is defending your life and you know it's like you, you you would think oh it's just you know someone like one person copying another thing which on, in the beginning you it kind of seems that way. Um, but, uh, but yes, and I will say that this was a case where, yet again, the writing surprised me. Well, you
0: know, um, one thing is, you know, at the very I, beginning, uh, and, and I think we can, you know, we can, we can at least give away the first premise that, uh, you know, the, the story starts off with this woman who is, um, you know, she's, she's basically just died and Ted Danson is basically telling her that she's gone to heaven and this is what heaven's going to be like. And, um, uh, it, it turns out that, that she's not the right person. Like they had her confused with somebody else. So she's, she's actually a really terrible person. Uh, and so she does, she doesn't want to go to the other place. Um, all right. No, they call it the bad place. Sorry. The, the bad place. And, uh, so she tries to blend in and she works with uh, the person who's supposed to be her soulmate to become a better person and and fit in and everything. And right about the time that uh, um, I was thinking, you know, this is really funny, but this isn't really a premise that you can uh, you can sustain for a long time. Because what are you, you going to do just have seven seasons of of this same premise? And then they went and shook things up.
1: They went and they completely turned it on its head. And um there's a revelation at the end of the first season and kind of a cliffhanger of like And it was one of those cases where I was like, oh, my God, if I was watching this show like in real time, like I say, as it aired, I would be going nuts right now because I I have to know what happens next. Luckily for me, I had had another whole other season to watch. So well, and they did it. I I don't know if you if you've caught up uh, all the way to the end yet. Have you? Oh, yeah.
0: I've seen it all. Yeah. I mean, they they did it again at the end of the season. They completely they completely flipped the premise.
1: Again, yes, and and I'm like, oh no! But what I liked was they le- they left it on a on a note where you could con- like if let's say if the show they decided to cancel the show, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's on a note where I go, hey, you know what? I, that's okay because you could kind of like go with it yourself at that point. You can think, oh, that's how it's set up in – you can imagine what would have happened next. Yeah. So every the previous the cliffhanger for the previous season, of course, is the springboard for the next, and and it's very clever. The thing that gets me about the good place, though, is um, I don't think people. I mean, it's it's a comedy, but it's a genre television show. I mean, it's uh-huh. um, I mean, it's as much fantasy um even a tad a little bit of like science fiction in there as any other genre show you have on uh, on television and and it's you know it's just really smartly done and it's not just a comedy too it's it, like every episode kind of has um a it's kind of um an exploration of human nature and what it means to be a good person. You know, why do people do good things? Uh, You know, uh, uh, and, and the purpose behind it and why, why should society, you know, uh, uh, why should people uh, behave certain ways in society? It's a really great uh, little think piece you get ever with every episode, along with uh, the chuckles. Yeah,
0: because, uh, you know, at the, at the end of uh, this season, you know, that, that was literally one of the questions uh, that they that they asked is, are you a good person if you do good things expecting a reward or are you a good person if you do it regardless of
1: whether you get a reward or not? Which is I'm trying to remember which philosopher there was. It was a Descartes, Descartes or, or Camus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned I learned so much about uh, I learned so much about um I learned, I learned so much about philosophy uh, just in the opening, uh, in the opening episode. So,
0: yeah, died? it was literally, you know, all these people I had, uh, I had read about in freshman and sophomore uh, philosophy classes and in, in college and had not put any thought into
1: them since. Yeah, my, not my favorite joke quiz, who died and made you Socrates? Uh, Plato, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, it's um, and, and you're right. It, and it did a lot. It does a lot, as far as um, yeah, you're right. So stuff that you might have read in college that you didn't quite sink in, or things that you didn't understand, or it, it just it gave you an appreciation of it, I guess, because um, it put and it, uh, there was there's one particular episode where the character uh, Chidi, who is the essentially the philosophical. Instructor to the rest of the cast, Uh, the character of Michael, the um, the omnipotent overseer of the good place, kind of makes him have to live through all these different uh, theoretical um, um, situations that he's always talking about. And they're going, "Oh, this is the whole. This is how you think about it theoretically, but this is how it affects you if you actually encounter it." That was just so clever the way they did that.
0: Yeah. The the only the only, you know, kind of kind of bad thing about the good place for me is uh, I I was I was talking to a friend and I said, you know what? All the there there are there's literally a string of uh, of things that have happened in my professional career over the past about three years that if you were going to construct hell for me, that's what it would look like. (laughs) (laughs) And uh,
1: well, You never know yeah yeah, yeah. i also i also had no idea how much comfort i would take from the image of ted danson standing behind a bar
0: yeah that was uh that that was truly amazing and
1: uh you know uh, it's like he went right back into that mode again down to like taking the towel and throwing it on his shoulder they're yeah. going oh my god that's such a sam malone thing right, right, and and you know it, it
0: probably wasn't uh, you know wasn't a huge surprise but as soon as like she's sitting at the bar and you can't see the bartender like you know you know what's going to happen
1: but it, when it does it, it's still entertaining It is. it was very entertaining so um and again with all these characters the other thing about this this particular show it could easily become sophomoric all the characters could seem incredibly grating um i mean it's essentially a show about people who if you knew them in real life they would drive you nuts you would not like them and yet in um on this show they're incredibly endearing so again you care about their struggles you care about them uh kirsten bell is I had no idea she could be as funny as she is. I mean, she's done. I mean, everyone most everyone knows her for Veronica Mars and some other uh-huh. things. Then she does the Bad Moms movies. You know, doing a few things. But the, I say that um, the good place is like Kristen Bell's um, Arrested Development. This oh is yeah. A movie, this is a, it's a show that gets to feature her. You know, like you might go, wow. I did not know Jason Bateman was that funny, you know, or I, I could never picture him playing that kind of character. And in the good place, Kristen Bell plays a character that you would not e- expect her to play, and she's really good at it. Yeah, she
0: really is. So, um, and, and I will say this: uh, whether you're, uh, whether you're 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 actually sick in bed and and binge watching a show, um. Or just listening to music, you want it to sound uh, absolutely the the best that it can. And so you want to get headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio, don't you?
1: I would think you'd want to go to TweakedAudio.com because not only are they uh, friends and sponsors of Geek Counter Geek, they have eight styles and colors to choose from. We're talking, you have sport. Uh, recreational mic and non-mic versions. You have uh, earbuds. You have a wire wireless headsets. Uh, any type of use that you could that you could think of these headphones for, whether it's for co-op gaming for listening to music, just just taking phone calls. tweakedaudio.com has the styles and accessories for you. And better yet, when you pick the set that you want, enter the code GCG at checkout and you will get 33% 33% off your purchase price and free worldwide shipping so like if, let's say you were looking at a set of headphones and you're like eh, i like them but they might be a tad expensive for me right now hey you put that code in gcg you're gonna knock off 33 percent that's a full third of the price that's gonna be what you want to spend and boom shipping is free too so you have no excuses
0: yes no excuses at all and you'll want to use those uh those tweaked uh, audio headphones to listen to the great podcasts on the radio misfits podcast network like minutia men where uh, rick and dave are discussing the the joyous news that mcdonald's might be the cure for baldness which is somewhat ironic because for some people it's probably caused baldness
1: and it's caused um it's caused my belly button which is normally in innie, it's turning into an audi ouch uh,
0: also, uh, Dan McNeil, uh, unsupervised, is a nursing the post Super Bowl hangover. And on my little project, uh, Fake News Fairy Tale, we're uh, discussing uh, President Trump's military parade. So you, you definitely won't want to miss that. The, the I, podcast, I, not the parade. You can miss the parade.
1: Well, I, I hear that the fairy tale uh, parade is going to have the biggest dragons ever. The best, yeah. yeah. The biggest, I mean, I hear that northern Asian country on the other side of the world has dragons but 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 this kingdom has bigger dragons and on top of that they actually breathe fire wow
0: yeah that that's that's impressive um so w- one more thing to to close the loop on the uh, on the super bowl uh the cloverfield paradox um now, I had not heard anything about the Cloverfield Paradox, but apparently, uh, you know, it was a known commodity, and, and people generally thought that it was going to be a colossal failure. And then suddenly, like out of nowhere, they buy a Super Bowl ad, and it's on Netflix, like five minutes later. So, hey, marketing genius, because I did watch it. Uh, but that is literally the most horrible movie ever made. <laughs> And it's not really? even—it's not even like you know—it's
1: going to be on MST three K next season. It's just bad. It's funny because um, I saw the first Cloverfield. I did not like the first Cloverfield. I mean, I thought the premise was clever, um, but I, it actually gave me motion sickness. I could definitely um, see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the first Cloverfield, but
0: I could definitely see the argument against it, especially yeah, like you're saying from motion sickness.
1: It, it's the, the camera never stopped moving I remember yeah. some folks they said that about the Blair Witch Project that they got motion sickness from it and and when I went to go see it I was like it's not that bad with Blair Witch there's a bit of camera motion but not as much as you know some folks alleged Cloverfield was just constant 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 I remember at one point I actually had to close my eyes and just listen to the dialogue for a while because I was getting nauseous um, and, I, and I thought the ending was kind of meh now uh 10 Cloverfield Lane, I really enjoyed. I ended up enjoying that one a lot more than I thought I would. And while some people took issue with the quote-unquote twist ending of the film, I – liked it even more because of that especially when i imagine that the actress in um 10 cloverfield lane is the same actress who played ramona flowers and scott pilgrim saves the world yeah um, it sure is yeah yeah i just imagine that that's her and that the boyfriend that she's left at the beginning of 10 cloverfield lane is actually scott pilgrim and she's like, you know, I, I can't deal, I don't want to live with you anymore, and then she leaves and then she goes on to her thing and she's also a great actress so. you, you, you don't, now that you,
0: if you actually if you actually do that if you make that uh, that mental leap yeah, I can get
1: behind it, yeah yeah, so, um, and then to me, the whole thing with with um, <clears throat> the, the marketing of, of, of uh, Cloverfield um, oh, by the way um Mary Elizabeth Winstead is her name she's, she's awesome oh uh, yeah she, she's, is, she's yeah. great in everything yeah she's great um, the, the the thing about the Cloverfield movies that kind of have made them unique is that they always come up with an interesting new angle of publicity so the first cloverfield movie remember it was the whole this kind of sh- it was a jj abrams thing shrouded in secrecy people didn't know what it was what was the deal and then boom it's it's a um, godzilla movie told like uh, blair Witch project style right yeah okay 10 cloverfield lane was the sequel that they didn't even know existed it was like out of nowhere they said, oh, we made a sequel to Cloverfield or whatever, and it's coming out Friday. You know, kind of like when uh, Jay-Z or Beyonce decide to announce one day, my album's dropping. Bam. You know, Like they announced it that morning. All of a sudden, there's a new, uh, there's a new album out. Weird Al uh, does that, that as cool. well. Right, right. So they did that with uh, – it was kind of like that with 10 Cloverfield Lane, except it was mass distribution. But they did a really good job of keeping it a secret. And everyone had an idea that there was yet another Cloverfield movie out there, but there was no talk about distribution. You didn't hear, oh, it's going to be opening in theaters on what date, da 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 And I swear it's like someone decided, hey, the week before the Super Bowl – Hey, let's just let release it on Netflix. Boom! You know, I know it's not the way it happened, but you know that's the way it appeared, which made it even more. It was like the whole wow, they just figured out a new way to release a Cloverfield movie that surprises everyone. Of course, the next Cloverfield movie is just going to show up on your phone like that U two album that nobody wanted, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um. That's the whole thing. Now, when you, I mean, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'll I'll probably, I'll watch it at some point. Although enough people right now are saying like you did that it was just not a very good film. Um, But to me, you know, I'll I'll check it out because I've got Netflix and it's fine. But when you consider that bright, that Will Smith uh, fantasy cop series, uh, fantasy cop movie that was universally panned for the most part. You know, people say it still went over huge and it didn't have near, you know, it didn't have near the buzz that let's say the Cloverfield spot did. So this is really brilliant marketing on the side on the part of Netflix that, uh, you know, boom, we can release movies that they can be kind of risky if you want, if they're released in theaters going to the traditional um, distribution system. But if we put them on our streaming site, bam people can watch it and again especially yeah. if you've got a netflix account and you've got a nice television set with uh, with uh, uh, with uh, hd streaming you know you can't lose yeah and
0: uh you know it, the, the one thing is uh you know from netflix because netflix's point of view um you know the, the, this is really kind of great publicity for them even if the movie does suck because it shows that you know you, you want to pay the you know the 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 999 a month for a netflix, netflix subscription because you you know we, 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 you never know what's going to pop up on there next you know it's it, it's it's you know this constantly evolving catalog of stuff and and at at, at various times of the year uh, it's not going to be house of cards anymore but you know, the, the thing that's in the like the pop culture zeitgeist is going to
1: be on Netflix. So you want to be a you, you want to be a subscriber definitely because um uh, next thing you know it's going to be um um you know well because you've had things like fuller house which they had all this you know advance uh, publicity of and then and people wanted to see that and you know then yeah things like bright things like um um 10 uh, a new cloverfield movie but yeah but uh, stranger, things, uh, stranger, no, Strang- yeah, stranger things stranger no strange like, yeah stranger things yeah. Um Stranger Things, another thing that generates hype. And then next thing you know, it, it drives people to the subscription service. So it's like, oh, I want to check this out. Now, I will say Netflix is the one thing that even though I don't use it regularly, I don't mind spending that eight bucks a month that I do just to know that I have it. Because when something comes up, I want to be able to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, so So you're right. It's a very, it's very clever marketing on their, on their part. So my guess is, is that the next Netflix event is going to be like a, the next, uh, you know, heavy Falcon launch. Um, and then you'll be able to like watch it from the dashboard of the next roadster that they launch up into space. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron.